This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam is broken. Dean's all whack. Hi, Dad. I realize people are dying. Please bring fun cast back. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. And we're back with our continuing coverage of Season 7. Chris, how are you today, man? What's, li- what's life like for Chris Mosier today? You know what a... Like when a hawk swoops down, like, and it's just like this pure arc of nature coming down, swooping up for a kill, snacking something up, and then and flying off. That just... Just beauty in motion, you know, nature in action. That was me just now swooping into the microphone when when you did the introduction because I was a little bit too far away. I had to just gracefully <laughs> slide into the microphone, uh, and I stuck the landing too. So that's, that's why um, they call it I'm, killing the mic because you you, that's how you, you swoop down and you killed that mic. <laughs> that's right. I ripped its guts out, and that's how I'm doing. Oh no! How are you tonight, my friend? I'm doing very well. Uh, it's the middle of the week. And I'm having a pretty good week, I guess. But yeah, um, to date this, uh, happy Valentine's Day, Jeremy. Hey, Chris, happy Valentine's Day, man. Uh, yeah, we're, we're recording this on Valentine's Day. Neither one of us are with our significant others, so we're with mm-hmm. our most significant other. Am I right, Chris? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, if you stay tuned after the end of the show, you'll get some some special Valentine's Day surprises. Even though this episode will come out like two, two weeks, weeks after, after yeah. Valentine's Day, so I don't know why we're talking about this. Yeah, uh, I don't even know if it will still be February when this is out but you know what we're in the spirit let's uh let's go ahead and thank all of the people over at patreon.com slash monster of the week for supporting the podcast we really appreciate it if you uh, you're the true valentine you're the true valentine's day heroes uh sweet tarts for everybody is that what they call them what are those little hearts yeah i think so yeah the ones that say like be mine on them yeah yeah did you see that those got like fed into a computer and they came out with like a bunch of weird ones no, that's incredible. Like the one that I saw today was Bong Love on that little candy heart, w- which <laughs> I kind of want that now. I want uh, I want Sam Winchester ones that say "Stay Stung" on them. Yes, absolutely. Oh I man, we sh- this should have been the Photoshop that we did for today. <laughs> we, this is what we should have done: man, is just make a bunch of these. You're and, not on the ball, <laughs> dude. I mean, Demon Blizzy that just for a red one or a pink one that sounds legit. Could have done. That could have been. That could have been. That could have been good, Chris. Where are you? It's at? fine. We're going to be doing this podcast for like four more years. We'll have plenty more we'll Valentine's, plenty more Valentine's to get it right. Uh, but yes, thank you to all the patrons over there. There's some cool stuff you can get, include uh, like, like access to our Discord. You can get episodes early. You can get cool digital and physical art in the mail. All sorts of cool stuff, and you're helping us do more shows. Uh, Chris, can you catch me up on seven seasons? On the seventh? Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are, I'll catch you up on something, and it's season seven of Supernatural. Thank you. Oh man. <laughs> So remember, remember before uh, when Castiel was like, "I'm the new god." Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Well, he went from that to Leviathans, and now Castiel is dead. Dead. He shed and that trench coat and went. And he shed the trench coat like it was a mortal coil. <laughs> he really did. Uh, it was all that was left of him. He swallowed up too many souls from Purgatory, uh, and those souls also happened to contain the souls of the Leviathan, our new big bad. These monsters that were created by God and abandoned to Purgatory. Um, and now that they have uh, released themselves from Castiel, they're now on the loose. They are taking over people, trying to gain some power uh, in our world. We don't really know what their their deal is. But the last that we saw of Sam and Dean, uh, Sam has been having his hell flashbacks, of course, but he just took a pretty serious blow to the head. Uh, and Dean broke his leg. Uh, after they realized that this is also another important thing. Holy shit. This, you ever heard somebody ramble before? Um, Bobby's <laughs> house got burnt down. Bobby's house got burned down. Well, there it is. <laughs> and we, and we don't know where Bobby is. 
and uh yeah dean's got a broken leg sam's got a broken head and uh yeah i think that catches us up and that's going to bring us right into the girl next door written by andrew dab and daniel laughlin directed by jensen ackles air date on this was october 7th 2011 Dean is furious after Sam disappears to follow a lead on a case with clues that are identical to a case Sam solved as a kid. The demon turns out to be Amy, who has been killing low-life thugs and taking their brains for dinner. The same demon Sam found as a kid. I don't that that sentence doesn't really work, but it's like that on the Wikipedia. So sorry about that. Um, What can you do? Yeah, uh, I guess before we get into the the moment by moment, uh, I, I think that we're uh, we're disagreeing a little bit just in the outset. Like, I kind of really dig this episode. There's some there's some pretty out of character stuff that happens at the very end that I'm not too happy with. But like overall, mm-hmm. I think this is a oh yeah, no, cool. I don't think it's a bad episode. I just uh, I feel like I, I just mean, you didn't asked me to, watch you asked it. me to skip it. So I'm assuming that you thought it was. I bad. did not ask you to <laughs> skip it. Uh, I feel like I just didn't want to watch it or didn't want to take notes on it when I when I watched it, which is a that doesn't usually happen. Um, cause you'd think this is a Sam episode. I'd be really excited about it. Uh, it's a young Sam I don't know. episode, especially we it love that young, little dude. And I love young Sam and I love old Sam reflecting upon young Sam and being like, I'm a freak. Um, but and there's a lot you know, of that. I, here. I do think I, I do think I like this episode. I just don't know, um, how much I'm ready to talk about it, but it, it, the answer to that is always a lot when we get into it. So. <laughs> of course. Um, so our, our previously on our then segment is just basically outlining that Sam's uh, messed up in the head and that the, the boys are headed to the hospital in Sioux Falls, which we learned in the previous episode. Uh, the staff has all been placed replaced by leviathans that are mm-hmm. hungry, hungry hippos for those human organs. So uh, Dean was knocked out in the ambulance begging the uh, paramedic to not take him to Sioux Falls. He wakes up. Oh. Uh, I like this a lot. Like I like, I think that Jensen Ackles is actually, I think a pretty decent director. Like it's, it's probably a shame that he got, he is, he, yeah. he, that he's so hunky that he had to be in front of the camera. Um, if he was yeah. just a little bit uglier, like he'd be behind the camera all the time and doing some good work. <laughs> um, but he, he starts kind of waking up and we see like the kind of foggy lights, you know, blurring kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't quite know where he is. It all comes into focus when they snap his leg uh, back into place. Have you ever had a broken limb? Have you had this, this particular thing done? thankfully i have not chris it's awful <laughs> it I is can only imagine it is so very bad I, I i got run over by a truck when i was 16 years old of course you got run over by a truck <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't told that story on this podcast i feel like I, I have i'm sure you have but god <laughs> um but yeah they had to drive me like 35 minutes to a hospital because similar to dean my mom refused to take it to, to have me taken to like the local hospital we had to go to somewhere <laughs> else uh and then I, I distinctly remember them like okay we're gonna we're gonna straighten your leg out the leg that had just been crushed in three places by a ford f-350 and uh <laughs> yeah i just remember like that that distinct agonizing pain as they did it and then waking up the next day and not remembering anything that had happened um which is what happens to dean Dean. yeah (laughs) he does find out uh as he's before they before he's he passes out again uh he does find out that sam is uh upstairs having an mri done and that Mm -hmm. he is definitely in sioux falls uh hospital and then he goes to sleep and he wakes up yeah and um to just really quickly dispel the mystery from last week, uh, Bobby's fine, and he's oh. here pretending to be FBI. He's got his hair all slicked back, Chris. I love... Yeah. I love you talk about Sam's hair, but let's talk about Bobby's hair being all let's slicked back like Bobby's this. Bobby's hair. He hit that, yeah, uh, that old, pomade, right? Ooh. That old... Uh, what is the stuff that they wanted in, in uh, Where For Art... Or not... Uh, 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know the name of the brand. <laughs> the one that, uh, yeah, George Clooney wanted in Oh Brother, Why Art Thou? I can't remember. Yeah. Dapper Dan. I'm a Dapper Dad man. And yeah, so yeah, is yeah, Bobby yeah. Uh, Singer because his hair is slicked back. Yeah, this guy's killing it. Um, and he's like, yeah, no. Uh, wait, what happened to my house? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dean, when he wakes up, he immediately tries to leave and uh, he falls mm-hmm. onto the floor, which is where Bobby finds him, which I found kind of funny. And he's got this giant cast on him on his leg now. So he's going to be he's not going to be mobile for a little while, which I think is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I guess to, to make this hospital scene a long story short. So the, the, the doctor who was possessed by a Leviathan, they, he figures out that that the, the, the Winchesters are here and the Le- Leviathan do not like the Winchesters. So. They have to make a pretty quick escape from this place. Again, not for any reason whatsoever. Yeah, they were just there. <laughs> They're just there. They just happen they were to be around. Crucial in letting them out of purgatory, but like you know, whatever. You'd think that they would get like a like a handshake or something. Like, thanks for letting us out. Mm. See you later. Yeah. We're gonna walk two miles to the hospital and take it over. And you're that's gonna surprise but, you for some reason. So we'll be back. <laughs> Stop doing everything in Sioux Falls. Go someplace else. Yeah, uh, Dean is all doped up on on morphine still, and uh, he can barely focus his eyes. But uh, Bobby tells him like, "We got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, here's your clothes. Here's your crutches. Meet me at the ambulance dock, and then uh, I'm gonna go get Sam." So mm-hmm. uh, there's this great scene that with Bobby Singer and a like with an FBI badge, just walking up to a hospital <laughs> gurney and being like, "This one's mine," and just taking yeah. Sam as a person, which I think is really funny. Just like, when I, when I worked at a hospital, if I was walking a patient somewhere and anybody came up and was like, "This one's mine," I'd be like, "No, no, it's not. <laughs> Absolutely not. We need to have a conversation about this because I'm going to get in trouble if I give you this human. <laughs> you can walk with me to where I'm taking it, maybe. Then we can discuss who, the property, uh, you know, whose property this human is. But until then, I don't care what your badge says. I have a job to do. <laughs> I don't care if you're Mister FBI. I don't care that if you're that you're Gene Simmons from the FBI. That's a weird name, Mister. I don't care Simmons. how much Dapper Dan you have in. <laughs> Yeah, you look great, but I need to take this patient down to the MRI scan. And uh, that's that's really about it for the scene. I, I like it. Like it's it's a very tense kind of escape yeah, yeah. scene. Uh, Bobby loads Sam into a nearby ambulance that somebody just left the keys in, I guess. And then uh, he's that's what they do. That's <laughs> what they do. You got to get him a fast man. Uh, he's he's kind of looking at the rearview mirror, waiting for a Dean to pop out. He's going doing that thing like, "Come on, Dean!" And you're you're kind of worried for just a second that he's going to have to leave Dean behind, and like maybe they'll have to come back and rescue him later. Uh, when we see the Leviathan doctor come out and like realize what's happening and start running towards the ambulance, but at that exact moment, yeah. Dean jumps into the passenger side, so crisis averted, and they they leave yeah. in the ambulance. They speed off in an ambulance. They steal an ambulance that somebody is going to need later. Uh, that they won't be able to use, I'm sure. I so, mean, Chris, they, they are so far beyond the pale of caring about normal humans at this point. Like, unless it's that's you know, true to to Dean Winchester, unless it's like at least fifty thousand people he's saving, he can't finish. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's <laughs> not gonna true. he's not gonna finish for like one ambulance that yeah. rides worth the yeah. hospital worth worth of saving people. It's a family unless business. He's hugging you know an saying? angel or, or or hating his brother, he can't finish. He can't finish. Um, I like this next part too because they've apparently go into whitefish montana and the we, mm-hmm. we jump three weeks in, into the future and uh yeah. i very much like it when they jump do these jumps in time what about you yeah because this has been three episodes or even if going back to season six it's been like four or five episodes that are just four or five days in a row it's been pretty intense probably not even days like the span of time that passes between the end of season six and the beginning of season seven is very small and then now finally it's like okay 
let's take a breath. It's been three weeks. We've been in hiding. Um, let's see how things have developed around the boys because it can't just be them constantly at the center of action. Although that is kind of fun. It, it was kind of like intense that they're going from one thing to the other and, and they don't even have a second to think about it. But now it makes sense that they need to recoup, especially after lo- losing Bobby's house and, and the injuries that they sustained. We've never had a Dean be like out like this before. So it's uh, there's a lot happening. So Bobby arrives. Um, he is he has gotten the Impala back from wherever it is. So he tosses mm-hmm. Dean the keys, and Dean's Dean's very happy to have his baby back. Uh, baby back, baby back. Anyway, uh, but he is also obsessed with some uh, Spanish uh, soap opera, and like Bobby oh, yeah. apparently is too. Like they've obviously Him been and Bobby ho- just watching this telenovela. Just- <laughs> yeah, hold up in this place for a long time. Um, and Bobby I told ca- you about the telenovela that I used to watch right when I was in college. <laughs> No, <laughs> it was a show called Marimar, and I'll save it for some outtakes sometime. Remind me because it's a long story about Marimar. I am I am excited to hear about Marimar, everybody. Yeah. Uh, so he's got his he's got his baby back. Uh, they and, D, and excuse me, Bobby starts sharing information that he's gotten from the outside world, uh, which is which is basically leviathans are everywhere. Uh, hunters or other hunters are running into them. Uh, they can't figure out what can kill them. It doesn't seem like anything can. Um, and they're they're kind of setting up shop in hospitals all across yeah. the yeah. across the land. So for this part, I wrote down that they're 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 talking hunter talk right now. <laughs> yeah, this is hunter talk. Uh, this is this is the family business that we know and love. Yeah, uh, I like this a lot. It's good. Sam mm-hmm. in the middle of all of this just totally fucking checks out. Like he yeah. just he just starts staring. Just like he's thinking of uh, hunting monsters and, and Monster Hunter World in the middle of a podcast, which definitely didn't yeah. happen in the last episode, and you can't figure out when yeah. it when it happened. So, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. So Sam's being a sca- uh, space cadet, but we see him. Um, is that an offensive term? I always thought it was very funny, but you know, I don't know. Maybe it's offensive. Somebody can tell me. Space uh, cadet. Sam is yeah. I mean, I don't think so because it's not like we're making fun of. If you called somebody that actually had like a debilitating problem like that, like a handicap and you were calling yeah. them space cadet i think that would be rude or offensive but if you're just like it's just sam winchester he just has hell broken loose in his head like that's okay yeah. to call him whatever we want to sure sure you know sometimes they just don't think about like wh- what a phrase could actually mean until you say it into a microphone and you realize other people are going to hear you say it so, <laughs> yeah um, until you realize that you know hundreds of thousands of people that listen to this podcast <laughs> will oh, listen right. to it. but um while sam is is sitting there just sort of spacing out uh he starts squeezing his hand uh, in in the spot where he has that injury, and that sort of becomes the tell that he's hallucinating. He's having some sort of vision, um, and we don't see Lucifer here. I don't think that that he uh, is billed for this episode. I think that that's kind of how they get around it, as they can't have uh, what's his name, Mark Lucifer, in any of these <laughs> episodes because mm-hmm. uh, then they'd have to pay him. So they just they sh- they have ways of showing that Sam is experiencing some sort of contact with him. Uh, by Sam kind of spacing out, rubbing his hand like that, trying to bring himself back to reality. And that's a very subtle, good way to kind of handle that. Absolutely, yeah. Again, Jensen Ackles just, you know, doing it upright so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, after he checks out, Dean asks Sam to like, hey, we're, we're at a grow, like go to the grocery store, get some food for us, and then uh, make sure that you get me some pie. Sam leaves, yeah. and then Dean immediately turns to Bobby and is like, can you fucking believe that guy? Like, it's, it's getting ridiculous. Like, this dude is off his yeah. rocker. Like, he's, he's not... He, 
Dean is is very concerned about his brother. <laughs> this is where the true arc of Dean fucking hating Sam comes in. Who doesn't? He barely tolerates him, and he just doesn't like him. And granted, like if you put me with any of my siblings at three weeks in a secluded uh, Montana cabin, and the only TV that I could watch was you know the telenovela on the, t- on the <laughs> that I get on this shitty CRT TV, I would probably mm-hmm. go a little crazy too, and probably start hating them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like really mean about it. <laughs> he's just like Bobby's like, well, I mean he he checked out but he checked back in he's got it under control he seems to be managing it seems like an improvement and dean's like what the fuck man no way he's fucking crazy like it's like it's almost like mark pellegrino is playing dean winchester again like when we saw him be mean to sam in the previous episode (laughs) yeah um bobby he's bobby's a lot more understanding of both of the boys in this uh situation and and he's like you know your leg is healing slowly and sam is also healing slowly he's healing on a curve it's not going to happen right away and it's not going to uh it's not going to be simple but he he's getting there uh and bobby's just being really great this season he's just taking care of our boys and again i think like recently like through conversations whether in our our discord or with you i've started to sort of reflect on on dean's negative attitude towards sam because obviously being a sam fan i i always see like oh everybody hates sam people who watch this show don't seem to like sam the writers don't use it for much um so even having dean kind of be dismissive and and just mean like he doesn't like him uh, I'm not a fan of that, but the more I think about it, the more it sort of connects that Dean lost Castiel. Uh, and as you pointed out, he seems like he's the only one who's truly affected by it, but they aren't lingering on that too much. So it almost does make sense that Dean is just kind of hostile towards everybody else in in small ways. Like he's not necessarily like picking fights with Sam, but he's just like, you know, I lost somebody who's important to me and I'm not coping with it well, and I'm just kind of taking it out on everybody else or or my faith in everybody else is just sort of shattered. Yeah, um, exactly. Which also lines up with the fact that, you know, he wanted Castiel to come back and, and, and not do this soul business, but he did it anyway. And then in the end, Castiel regretted it and Dean lost Castiel. So I, yeah, I think that he's Dean's motivations here or, or the reasons behind why he is a little bit meaner to Sam or seems not to like him as much. They make sense. I just wish that he liked Sam. Yeah. Like, like we've said many times on this podcast, like this show is the best when these brothers are working together towards a goal and Mm -hmm. facing an outside threat. Whenever they develop strife between these two, it it usually almost always seems contrived Um, here. It's, it's, it's justified. Like we've got a, a delicate situation. Sam is, you know, going through something that Dean can't really possibly understand and can't really help with. So he's kind of rendered powerless. And at the same time, Dean has lost a very good quote unquote friend of his. And at yeah. the same time, all of that's going on. They're stuck in a room uh, for three weeks with one another and Dean can't move. So like not even De- Dean can't even go out and take a nature walk to get, get away from it. So I'm sure that that's like all of that developing, all of that, like building that tension that's building is, you know, comes out with Dean telling Bobby basically like he's crazy. We have to do something about him and Bobby being like, Hey, I'm here for like five minutes every week. Seems good to me, man. See ya. I got to go. <laughs> By the way, I'm leaving. <laughs> have fun. Let me know what happens on the telenovela. I'm out. Bobby singer out. <laughs> Um, he's got to deal with things meanwhile sam is at the at the local grocery store and um he's he's picking up some groceries when he looks over and he sees today's paper uh and the headline is about an ice pick killer uh and then he he holds out a credit card with a very obvious fake name on it and as the credit card is swiped we get like this i don't know about like a law and order kind of segment of like some weird like somebody like working at a credit card company so i guess the leviathans have have a guy <laughs> on the lookout for all of their aliases or whatever. And so as soon as Sam uses this, 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 this credit card dude, like 
calls the doctor Leviathan and is like, I found, I have a lead. And he's like, well, why do you still talk? And he doesn't call the doctor. He calls Edgar, um, the guy from, mm-hmm. from the last episode. And he's like, well, what are you still doing talking to me? Go get him. And then the Leviathan credit card worker guy just leaves his job. <laughs> Cause that is what you do. <laughs> I don't know. This, yeah. It's a little, it's a little, it's a little ridiculous at that point. I think. Yeah. I'm fine with this, but it doesn't make any doesn't make any fucking sense it really doesn't i I do like uh and i mentioned this in the last episode where they when they burned down bobby singer's house i do like that the leviathans are pressing them on their own turf more than any other threat Mm -hmm. ever has Mm -hmm. it does not make any sense that the angels wouldn't have been doing this in the past five seasons they just like the writers just didn't think about it until season seven (laughs) so (laughs) the angels just never went to uh bobby's house they don't need angel teleportation they just need his address yeah, they could just go. It says Singer Automotive on a sign outside. Yeah, what are you? What what is not to? What get? are you waiting for? <laughs> go get a uh, god. Get the goddamn yellow pages. Um, so Sam goes back to drop off the food, um, kind of hiding this newspaper from Dean a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, delivers Dean's pie, which is actually a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris, what is this dude doing? Like he had to be doing it on purpose, right? Like he's a, he's Sam is a smart guy. I know he was distracted, but. He just doesn't uh, appreciate pie the way that Dean does, and he just doesn't think it's going to be a big deal. But it has, it is a big deal. It is a extremely big deal. This is where we get the famous Dean Winchester line: "If I didn't know you, I would want to hunt you." <laughs> yeah, this is that's this is the situation that developed that. You're absolutely right. Do you think that they would have like little inside jokes like that at this point, or is that like just too much? I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I assume they just don't speak to each other offset. <laughs> it really doesn't seem like they talk to each other anymore. I mean, like, would you at this point? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because you spend so much time with somebody and like, I'm sure like you're running lines together and like while you're making the show, it's just, it's a constant like pressure cooker of putting all of these, all of these people in it. And then once you finally get out of that, you're just like, I'm going to go to my fucking beer brewery in Austin and I'm going to have a beer and I'm not going to say the word demon for 17 days. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to say anything in Latin. I'm not going to do any spells. <laughs> I'm not going to do any spells except the one that guarantees my family's safety because I am a wizard in real life. Hi, I'm Jensen Hi. Ackles. This is why I'm a hunk. It's because I'm a wizard in real life. So while Dean is dealing with the crippling disappointment of cake instead of pie, um, Sam is reading through the newspaper and he starts to have flashbacks to, I guess to sum it up pretty quickly, it's a, it's a Kitsune. Um, and I did, I, I checked out, I checked out dad's diary. I didn't check out the specific supernatural, um, dad's diary entry, just the general first paragraph of the Wikipedia page. Um, so a Kitsune is the Japanese word for the fox. Foxes are a common subject of Japanese folklore and English. Kitsune refers to them in the con in this context. Stories depict them as intelligent beings and as possessing paranormal abilities that increase with their age and wisdom. According to yokai folklore, all foxes have the ability to shapeshift into human form. Well, I guess we see that. Mm-hmm. Not the actual shapeshifting, but uh, while some f- folktales speak of Kitsune uh, employing this ability to trick others, as foxes in folklore often do, other stories portray them as faithful guardians, friends, lovers, and wives. And while that is not necessarily telling us anything specific about what we see in this episode we do kind of see like both halves of that there is like the the evil half and then there is this good half who is not it's not evil by nature and like you know smooches smooches sam mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh yeah but um well thank you daddy's diary we appreciate that yeah thanks dad's diary i'm, uh, I'm glad the, you uh, reined in some of your craziness yeah yeah i'm i'm uh 
I'm looking at the daddy's diary on the internet and um, the weaknesses are very funny to me for some reason. The, the they K- always are. Kasuni has three weaknesses. Uh, one is heart destruction, which okay. kind of seems like it should be a weakness for every. Like that seems like the kind of yeah. weakness, like heart destruction. That's even my metal band. <laughs> <laughs> That's your emo, your emo like shoegaze band. <laughs> yes, yes. Heart destruction. Heart destruction. Uh, the second is starvation, which again seems like it should be kind of a like a like checks out, checks out. Everything should be yeah. And then uh, the third one is just the cult. With the sentence, it can kill mostly every monster <laughs> next to mm-hmm, it. So mm-hmm. good, good. So that's good. You know, somebody it's- on this Wikipedia spent like four days going through every single monster entry and just adding the cult to every single weakness yeah, page. Yeah, going through the the Kitsune weaknesses and be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, starvation. Mm-hmm, yeah, that's mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm, that's nice. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you did forget something. Uh, the cult. Uh, actually, this will uh, kill most monsters. Thank you very much. So at this point, um, Sam's going to take off. Uh, and Sam. the way that the the rest of this episode is structured is is they bounce back and forth between the the past and present quite a bit. And um, as you learn things in one, you you learn things about what's happening in the present. And it's it's I think it's very well constructed. I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's yeah. really interesting to watch. Like I had a really good time bouncing back and forth. It's going to be a nightmare to talk about if we if we try to do it that way. So what Chris and I have decided is that we're going to at this spot now when Sam is leaving. Uh, we're going to just t- finish out the young Sam's plot line basically. And to the point that it would climax with the present plot line. And then we're going to come back and then we're going to talk about like what's happening in the present with all the rest of this stuff. Before we get there though, when Sam leaves, he leaves a little note for Dean and I just, it is the most Sam note that I've ever seen in my entire life. It seems written specifically to make Dean angry and I love it so much. <laughs> But it's like, gone hunting for a few days or something. Back in a few days, I'm fine, Sam. (laughs) It's just two sentences, one of which is only two words. Back in a few days, I'm fine, Sam. Sam, your head is broken and you have hell raging within you. A couple of episodes ago, you were shooting a gun in an empty warehouse. What do you mean you're Mm -hmm. fine? That's what's like the placement of this episode and everything. It's like, I, I think I just don't, I don't like that Sam does this. And I don't like that. What I don't like Dean's response to it later. Uh, I wish that this came at a time where Sam was more in control uh, of all of his uh, faculties. I guess uh, because this does seem like like of course Dean is just going to be like, oh shit, my brother has like snapped again and he's he's gone off somewhere. So that causes an unnecessary level of drama where it's like. Would Sam care about this right now with everything else that's going on? Would Sam really put all of this on the line to go and, and pursue this at this at this point in time? I don't know. And and I think that that is why I don't love the episode because I it's a good episode. There's mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff going on. Like you said, like Jensen Eccles is honestly, he's a brilliant director. And I like a lot of the stuff that is happening. But like the motivations and the timing of it all is what I think doesn't check out for me. Yeah, it's I, I get you. Like it seems, it does seem like they again, and we, this happens in all TV dramas, especially when you start getting to you know seven seasons worth. Uh, they want to portray something on the screen. They want to they want to portray an idea, and uh, they're not going to let character get in the way of that idea. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if um, in the past, if you know Sam had to deal with this on his own, and they want to have like a nice dichotomy between the present plot line, then Sam needs to be on his own, despite the fact that like 
it doesn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't really, but I'm, I'm into it. Like it, I still think it's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's, let, let's get into it. Uh, Sam leaves the note and he jets. We go back to the past um, where uh, he was hunting a Kitsune, uh, I guess by himself. Like the implication here is that like they've dropped Sam off at the local town while Dean and John, who were never seen in these past segments, um, are just kind of calling to check in while Sam does research on it. Like they dropped him off at the library, basically. And yeah. there's a there's a line here where um, Dean's on the phone with young Sam, and he's like, "Don't." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Don't put Dad. Don't no. Don't don't put. Hey, Dad. Yeah, I know people are dying." <laughs> <laughs> that line delivery chris is one of my favorite things in the world <laughs> it's so fucking hysterical like i know people are dying like yeah, what is john winchester saying to these boys at such a young age yeah oh man um this is uh this this paints a really interesting picture of of their past lives because i always sort of picture either dean and sam together uh, like back at the motel while John goes and do, does the stuff or just the point where, okay, now the boys are with you and you know, we're all hunting together. But I guess it sort of makes sense that, that, you know, okay, Sammy's a smart kid. Let's have him back here doing some research while Dean and John go and do the investigating, pretending to be cops or uh, out in the woods hunting for whatever, you know, doing the hunter stuff while Sam has, he's relegated to research work. Uh, it, it does check out and it does sort of fall in line with the fact that, you know, Sam felt like that sort of isolation. He didn't. He didn't really connect with Dean and John the way that he wanted to. And yeah, gee, felt, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, that that all makes sense. Yeah. He. Um. The the next time we see him, um, he's he comes out of the library to order a uh, a triple red eye of coffee from yeah. from the local coffee stand that as you know is is just outside of most libraries and most towns and cities yeah, yeah, yeah. and um the guy this coffee guy with the most enormous white dude afro that i've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life uh is like like looks at this little dude and is like are you sure you want what want one of these Whoa, he's like, are you sure little homie yeah <laughs> he doesn't sound like that but that's what i imagine him sounding like and um, he started to notice this as as he's been doing this research, as he's been like looking through all of these books, um, he starts noticing this one girl and uh, she catches his eye and they kind of Sammy, young Sammy. Um, he starts, they start doing the, the, the dance of adolescent courting, which is, you know, looking mm-hmm. at each other through a library bookshelf. Very important <laughs> and at a young, at a young boy's age. You gotta learn, you gotta learn that move really early on or else yeah. you can't be picking up people at Barnes and Noble when you're 19. If you haven't learned how to do this when you're 14, you know what no, I'm saying? No, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> bothering women at the local book- bookstore is a, is a time honored memorial <laughs> of picking up women. <laughs> you got to learn it at a young age. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah. He, uh, he kind of panics when he sees her and kind of runs away, which is really cute because this entire time he's been doing all of these, like, you know, he's been talking about this stuff. Like it's, it's nothing like, Oh, this Kitsune, it eats brains. It does this, it does that. Like mm-hmm. he's being very blase about that. And of course he sees this, this, this pretty young girl. And all of a sudden he starts freaking out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it is funny to imagine like a simpler time for Sam Winchester, uh, one who was not having visions of, of Lucifer every time he closes his eyes. It is. It's really nice. Um, as he's on the phone with Dean, uh, th- their connection is not, not great because it's, you know, the late nineties and cell phones suck. <laughs> I'm sure John's not like paying <laughs> for the good plan or anything. Uh, 
but he uh, he has to yell at some point in the middle of the library, stab it in the heart, because he's finally figured out how to kill the Kitsune. <laughs> and of course, everybody in the library looks at him. Um, and then he walks over, and and one of the best moments of the of the episode, he kind of whispers and says, "Dean, how do you talk to girls?" Yeah, and Chris. We have a Patreon for this podcast. We use it to uh, buy things for this podcast, pay this podcast bills. I would donate the next couple of months of our Patreon to whoever can give me the audio from the other side of this conversation after <laughs> Sam asked this. If somebody wants to record or write that in, I'll gladly read it. It'll be in our, in our outtake section. I, I want to know what people think that Dean Winchester's advice to young Winchester, young Sam Winchester is when he asks, how do you talk to girls? It's a... Um, you, you Just imagine how excited... Dean was to be able to answer that question. You know, he's been waiting years for Sam to ask him that because Dean, especially young Dean thinks that he is the greatest thing to ever happen to women. And in some ways he's probably not wrong, but um, he's a handsome man <laughs> or, or men or men. Um, but he, uh, yeah, you know, he's excited to talk about this. Uh, after he gets off the phone, he goes and approaches this, this young woman and basically says like, Hey, and she's like, stop, I'm not supposed to talk to boys. Can't do anything. And he's kind of dejected, but props to Sam. He's like, okay, well that's fine. I'm just going to go like not bother this woman anymore. Yeah. So he, go, he goes out to get a, a cup of coffee when he sees her, uh, walk out and then two youths follow two her. freaking youths. Two youths, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> the name of this podcast two, two youths i don't know if i can even flick that in text though like maybe we gotta we gotta come up with like a bold it or something <laughs> does i choose love for italics <laughs> uh these two uh obviously ne'er-do-wells like they have their hats on yeah. backwards their pants are a little baggy they're carrying a skateboard like obviously bad people right like yeah they're punk yeah. rockers but not they're the good kind they're they're bad punk rockers they're they're only they're punk rockers that are like hipster about it which is t- terrible yeah yeah um they follow amy out uh, we don't know that her name is amy but i'm just gonna go ahead and say it uh <laughs> but jeremy knows <laughs> but jeremy knows because he is looking at the cast list right now uh they follow amy <laughs> out and uh they proceed to kind of start harassing her which is really weird like i've i'm sh- I'm definitely sure this has happened to people before i don't want to say anything like that but it just this is so outside of my realm of understanding is like what young dudes would do to like a young girl right like i've just never seen any- yeah. anybody do this have, have you have were dudes into like harassing ladies when you were a kid no, the only thing like I I can picture one event and it wasn't anything like this dude kept stealing this this freshman at high school kept stealing this girl's bag and like at lunch and then like throwing it around and it was like clearly because he had a crush on her. But Poor fucking dude. white knight Chris, eighteen year old Chris goes out to yell at these fourteen year olds in the cafeteria. I was like, Hey, is that your purse? And he was like, Uh yeah. And I was like, No, it's fucking not. Give it back to <laughs> And mortified this little kid. Because when you're a freshman <laughs> in high school, you're a little kid. And just angry adult Chris practically. Just being like, uh uh-uh. uh. And then I remember like I looked back later, he just had his head down on the table. I was like, Oh fuck, oh, man. bad. I've been but then later that day when I was in, walking out of Spanish class, she said Hey, thanks, man. I was like, no fucking sweat. I'm a euro. Did you, uh, had you, like, just recently watched Lord of the Rings and you just had all, all that hero juice up yeah. inside you? you I just hear the. I have to save her. <laughs> no, I just, I think I'd want out to, like, use my phone or something and, um, uh, just saw the situation happening and I was like, I'm going to yell at these kids to stop being mean to that little girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, 
he stops these two these two dudes from harassing her because uh, even though he's still pretty short and they kind of make fun of him for being a little shrimpy, when they actually go to attack him, he just handily beats their ass because he's a he's a ninja master and yeah, you know, he can he's a, he's a combat expert at the age of fourteen and he just handily all we ever see young board. Sam Winchester do is beat up bullies, beat up bullies, and uh, also cause ghosts at his old schools. Don't forget about yes. that kid that died. His, his yeah, quote these, unquote best these two are gonna end up as ghosts. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, do not just hang out with sam winchester under any circumstances he'll turn Uh, you into a ghost he's gonna turn you into a ghost uh obviously amy is is very happy um he did take a wound and so she's like hey why don't you come back to my house i'm gonna doctor you up and uh after a little bit of a break she actually like the the camera starts out and it's on her and she's like actually she actually says the words do you want to are you ready to play doctor and i was like what 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 are they about to do here and then no she's actually just like uh you know like I don't. I don't even remember what wound he has. It's She's not just important. dabbing a wet cloth on his black eye. Okay, cool, cool. I couldn't even remember what she was doing, but um, this conversation is really good. Are you are, are you feeling this right now? Yeah, I'm into this. They they're basically they're bonding in a way that Sam Winchester at this point probably hadn't really been able to bond with anybody much. Um, th- actually, speaking of that last episode at that last school that we had that Sam Winchester went to, where he was causing ghosts, there was that kid who was like bullied a lot that Sam seemed to kind of connect with um despite being a hunk and like to no fault of his own kind of a badass in some ways sam is also sort of a an an outsider and uh whenever he gets to connect with other outsiders it's usually pretty profound for him and that's what he's doing here and it just so happens that it's a girl that he thinks is cute and um this seems all like perfectly normal just two teenagers kind of being like yeah i don't fit in i don't fit in either my parents uh or my mom her in her case and his dad you know they don't understand. They're always traveling around. You're always the freak. You're always the new kid. And I think that in some ways it's it's good to kind of highlight that again. Not that like, what, 27-year-old Sam is necessarily still walking around with that same baggage, but no matter how old you get, you still carry some of that with He's you. got a whole you different know? set. He's got, old, He's got a whole old, different set of baggage. All of his childhood baggage fits in his current Samson iPad, so I can promise you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, d- I do like a couple of things in this conversation. Uh, I like this in general because it's it's always like having young Sam's perspective on things uh, for mm-hmm. all of the reasons you mentioned. Um, she asks him if he wants a Coke and he says, oh, yeah, sure, that'd be nice. And she goes over and when she opens up the, the refrigerator, there's just a, just jars full of brains in the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, so this is your first sign that, oh, wow. And uh, and during this episode, like we mentioned, we're, we're, we're going along young Sam's plot line. But at the same time, all of this is happening. Uh, Sam has been stalking this woman as she's older. So like we know, mm-hmm. like it, something is going on. We knew there was something suspicious with this with this young girl. Uh, the second thing is she's like, how did you know how to do that? You know, you're kind of and he kind of looks at her with a flat expression and goes, wiry. <laughs> and he goes, she goes, yeah, yeah, you are kind of wiry. And I don't know why, but that, <laughs> th- that line really cracked me up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love the, I love good. them comparing uh, their parents though. Like when they start saying like, "Yeah, I move around. Oh, I move around a lot too. Uh, oh, my parents are my, my mom gets mad. Oh, my dad gets mad, especially when he drinks." And I'm like, "John Winchester, please keep your hands off the fucking bottle. You've got two young kids that you're raising. Yeah. What are, What are you doing? Jesus, um, I know you're trying to chase out those demons in more ways than one, John. But this is not the way. This is not the way. Uh, the people you people think you're a freak line, and then the you know all of all of all of the cool kids are freaks. Even Jimi Hendrix." Is, is really hammy, but it works for me in the context of these 14, 15-year-old kids. Like, I yeah, dig this. Yeah, That's something that a kid would say to be like, oh, I, I heard about this cool rock star, and like everyone thinks he's cool, but he was freak too. That's exactly the kind of thing that a middle schooler would think, or a high schooler, or whatever. 
and the next thing, uh, after we go do a bunch of present stuff, which we're going to cover here in just a bit, um, we come back and Amy's mom is coming home. And, uh, of course, you know, we've at this point figured out that Amy's mom is, is a Kasune. Uh, mm-hmm. young Sam hasn't though. So, uh, he, she hides him in the closet and, uh, they have Amy and her mom have this like intense conversation. It becomes very clear, very quick that, uh, Amy's mom is probably abusive. Uh, she's mm-hmm. she's not a very nice lady to her young daughter, basically saying like, hey, I've got to get this stuff for you or you'll die. So you, you have to do everything that I say no matter what. Um, and then eventually does find Sam hiding in the closet, which is yeah, funny because after, it's not Dean hiding in the closet. So <laughs> I believe that uh, during this exchange, she's like, yeah, these like hunters in an old Impala found me. Um, yep, that's right. Because mm-hmm. when I talk about people, I always mention their car. Yeah. So, you know, like, oh, this, this so-and-so in, the, in their Kia Forte um, mm-hmm. with coming over later, be like, why'd you tell me about their car? I didn't need to hear that. Anyway, when I let my Sam boss is now, I made a sales contact. I've always said, yeah, I talked to so-and-so over at such and such district water. Uh, he, he drives a Ford F-250 and we had a really good conversation. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Oh, Thanks okay, for that cool. last Thanks for detail. Um, they, uh, so yeah, Sam realizes that John and um and Dean have actually caught up now, and and this is this is the hunt. I think that Sam called them at a certain point. I feel like he put his feelers out. I can't really remember. There's a lot happening. There's a lot happening. At some point, he does talk to them though. Um, but I don't. No, no, I don't think after this that he does. He she, he hasn't talked to him after since the uh the fight in the at the library. Okay. Um, oh, you know what else? I just was scrolling through my notes real quick. When uh when Dean is asleep on the couch earlier when uh, when Sam first sneaks out, <laughs> okay. uh, my bloody Valentine is playing on the TV. Which oh was yeah, yeah, the movie that good, Dean was in. Yeah, yeah, good good reference there. Um, Just happened to see that in my notes and I skipped over it before. They uh so Amy's mom finds Sam, drags him out of the closet, and is basically like yelling at Amy and slaps her across the face of like this is you know I am the one putting food on the table like this is this is some this is some kid and uh. It, it's it's not a good situation uh no and as she's like her she holds her hand up and her hand turns to these like really long and scary claws she's obviously about to like kill the fuck out of sam winchester uh <laughs> amy stabs her mom and yeah. saves sam in a moment of like holy shit what a nice thing to do and uh they have this kind of awkward conversation with sam and amy saying like i'd that's my family i'm the hunter family and and she goes well you don't want to hurt me right like you don't have to. And yeah. He's like, well, I, I don't want to, but, and she's like, well, we just, we can just walk away. Basically. I'll, I like this a lot. Having, having Sam kind of realized that he doesn't have to just do what his dad says, I think is a good, mm-hmm. a good moment. Yeah. We had to, it's, it's, it's cool to see that it wasn't just them arguing, but really like a philosophical difference that Sam, I mean, it wasn't just Sam and John arguing that, that sent him off to Smamford. It was a philosophical difference in like the job itself. Um, and that seemed to be like a certainly a lot more present in the early seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, was that Sam didn't want to be a hunter, and I know that there's a turning point where he realizes that yes, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I am. Um, I wish that they played with that a little bit more. Not that I constantly want him, you know, hand wringing even more than he already does. But I liked when Sam was like, you know, maybe we don't have to kill the thing. Maybe there is a way around this because that code or or that philosophy was important to him and it seems like that has just been like brushed aside for for plot convenience for the most part Mm -hmm. Uh, and i get it but i do like to see that you know having a positive interaction with essentially a monster uh helped to kind of influence who sam winchester was um and i think as as you and i said to each other uh maybe it was sam who stayed stung (laughs) 
I don't want to. I'm not going to take credit for that lie because it makes me laugh so much every time I. When when you texted me that, I fucking died laughing, and so did Autumn. Like that. That's all on you. Because I was. I just could not believe. I was like, holy shit. There's here's 13 year old Sam whose first kiss. Because uh, they did kiss at some point too. I don't know that we talked yeah, about kissed. that, but they they, they did they yeah. did do a little making out. Um, his first kiss was literally a monster. Like no wonder he's going for werewolves when he's you know 26 mm-hmm. now. Um. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, maybe he got. Hey, maybe he's the one that got maybe stung. He's the one who stayed stung. <laughs> Just so fucking great, man! I love it. Yeah. Um. So they decide not to turn each other in or turn or try to kill each other, and uh, that's the last time we see young Sam for this episode. Yeah, I think he says like because there's the the dead mom is there, so he's like, yeah, I got, I took care of it. <laughs> we go back. Let's go all the way back to when Sam split originally. Yeah, and uh, Dean is asleep watching My Bloody Valentine. He wakes up, finds the note. He calls Bobby very distressed. Bobby like does not fucking care about this at all. He's like, I got other shit I'm dealing with, Dean. I, you know, your brother seems fine. He's okay, whatever. Um, and we have this whole thing of the brothers doing their their hunter stuff. So Sam mm-hmm. is out there. He's looking. He's going to the morgue. He's you know checking out the bodies. And then like right behind him, Dean is doing all of the same thing. And uh, Sam, yeah, but, looking for Sam, looking yeah. for Sam, which is which is kind of a cool idea like it's it gets a little jumbled yeah. because they're cutting back and forth from the past a little bit but i actually kind of like mm-hmm. them dean stalking sam a little bit like this yeah i like this we saw it once before in season four when he was trying to track down where sam was hiding when he was with when he was with ruby and um we know that dean is really good at finding sam and that's what he does here but sam also happens to find amy um who has been like essentially killing like drug dealers and kind of like low lifes and stuff uh she sees um despite sort of the insistence that no i'm not hurting people like i don't need to feed on these people but um she has been killing we see her kill people um we see her kill this guy who looks like dave grohl it's crazy (laughs) this dave grohl guy they go out of their way to make this dude a shitbag like Mm -hmm. he's already dealing drugs in an abandoned skate park where presumably kids are around the the chick that he's dealing drugs to looks about 14 um and and then and then on top of that he starts demanding like well maybe we can work out a deal if you don't have the money and uh of course that's when he luckily like the katsuni comes along and you know does the ice pick thing uh i i like this stuff a lot uh it's I like Amy as the person who has to do this, which is what she insists when Sam finally catches her kind of, she's about to kill someone to get into a, a, a car to drive when he's obviously super drunk and uh, mm-hmm. he stops her and they kind of have some back and forth. Not all of it is really interesting until she, he follows her to her, to her house and that's where like the real conversation happens. And, uh, mm-hmm. nothing <laughs> usually does as it usually does with Sam. Uh, <laughs> There's there's one really funny line where she's like Sam, you, you got tall, which is really great because uh, like, yeah, and huge he's, too. He's, he's an enormous dude. <laughs> and last time she saw him, he was like so shrimpy. Yeah. Um, um she's when she when he finds her at this house. Uh, we should mention by the way that uh present day Amy is played by Jewel State, which is one of my very favorite actresses. Uh, obviously, you mm-hmm, probably mm-hmm. know her from uh oh, I just went blank. Fire, fire. what? firefly firefly thank you i just i was yes, thinking the television Farscape. show like, firefly yeah the only thing i could think is farscape and i was like why it's not that i yeah. mean it might be I cowboy bebop but um sure yeah cowboy bebop but yeah, live right. a live action cowboy yeah. bebop yeah um so the entire interaction that she has with sam is basically her insisting like oh hey i'm doing this for a reason i'm doing this because like i have to i've been a mortician all of these years and i steal my food that way which is really awful and bad but it you know it keeps me alive and i don't have to kill anybody i've kept 
you know, I've, I've got a house, I've got a mortgage, I've got a job. And she's like, but I had to do it this one time and I can't tell you why. And eventually she relents and says, uh, Oh, I, I'm having to do it for my kid. And cause she has a kid who got sick and obviously he's a Kitsune. Um, where's the dad Kitsune in all of this? I'm kind of curious about yeah, that, but know. we're not, we're not going to get into any of that business. Maybe um, Sam's the dad. Maybe a kiss is all that it needs. Um, the <laughs> every Kitsune really begins with K, as they yeah, like to every say. Kiss begins, every Kitsune <laughs> begins with Sam. Um, <laughs> He's the alpha they, Kitsune now. Yeah. <laughs> she indicates, like, you know, yes, she's been working at a more getting her food that way, but because her child is sick, dead person meat doesn't really cut it. She needs fresh meat. So she's basically going around the city finding, like, the worst scumbags ever. People who Sam and Dean might kill in different situations. Um, 100%, yeah. And and is killing them because she knows she has to. And other than the, this one incident popping up, it seems like of the two of them, she got away. Amy's the one who got out of the life. Uh, she stopped being a monster. She went on and she lived a normal life for the most part. Uh, and she's worked hard to to keep things normal, where Sam is the one who wasn't able to to get away, as evidenced by uh, him being here now. And I think it's it's almost sad that like it, it comes to this sort of thing. But but Sam in this situation is like after they talk for a while, able to say, okay, yes, you can't kill any people anymore. It doesn't matter. You you have to find a different way next time. But okay, like I get it. That's fine. Um, and we've seen this from Sam before. Sam has let monsters go before. Uh, he's convinced Dean to let monsters go before because it's not always about killing them. That's not always what matters. Um, much like Geralt in the Witcher novels. <laughs> much like Geralt in the in the Witcher novels. Uh, Sam agrees to basically let her live her life. Um, goes back to his shitty hotel room, and as he opens the door, he immediately gets punched in the face, and he goes flying off of the like raised walkway in a really great gif that I hope I can yeah. find to use on the on the Twitter feed <laughs> when this episode goes live. Um, it's it's really, really funny. I love it. Uh, yeah. Dean, so has, we can has, have a, a black eye to mirror the black eye that he had when he was a kid. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Dean has obviously tracked this dude down. He's figured out that it was a Kitsune. He he remembers all of the stuff happening from it from the past, but um, he did not know about uh, the Kitsune. Amy saving Sam from her mother. Mm-hmm. Sam kept that a secret, which I don't blame him for at all whatsoever. <laughs> I would not have told my overbearing father, John Winchester, any of this yeah. bullshit that I had just gone through. Um, and this is where I started to get bummed out at this episode because uh, he he didn't tell Dean and he ran off and he did it by himself. I feel like we've we've learned and or they they deserve the, the level of trust between each other for Sam to have been like, Dean... I need to talk to you about something. I need to go look into this thing because X, Y, Z Dean is not the same like cocksure kid that he was back then. Um, and I understand that Sam has a penchant for, for trusting in monsters when he shouldn't, but this is a, a Kitsune we're talking about. We're not talking about uh, a demon or, you know, whatever Lucifer. Like this is just like, a, it's just a monster, uh, like a standard low level mob that he can deal with. Uh, and I just feel like they, they are at a point in, in their relationship or they were at a point in their relationship where Sam should be able to say to Dean, listen, I need to go look into this and I don't know what's going to happen, but like, can, can you trust me? Can you trust my judgment on this? Um, which he does eventually say here. I just wish he'd said that up front and I get it wouldn't have been as interesting of an episode. This wouldn't be a secret that could hang over the two of them. Um, if he had just come clean about it to begin with, even if he just said, Hey Dean, 
this is the situation I, I need to go by myself or like you can't come because you have a broken leg right now like you know there, there's plenty of reasons why he could have left yeah. on his own but then it wouldn't have created drama and i think that i i just see the end of this as creating drama and not as like what the characters would do necessarily I agree. I think that they, they wanted to have the symmetry of young Sam being on his own and uh, present day Sam being on his own as they bounce back and forth between mm-hmm. these two timelines, uh, which is fine. Like it, it, it does create a compelling episode. Like I'm, I'm into this episode for a lot of reasons. Um, I, I do agree with you that it starts to fall apart here because when Sam explains all of this stuff, uh, Dean has like no sympathy for this whatsoever. He's immediately like, well, we got to kill her. She's a monster. That's what we do. We got to hunt yeah. her now. We got to stab her. And I'm like, I feel like, after seven seasons of this stuff, after dealing with all of the bullshit that they've, they've been dealing with, that, and also all of the bullshit that they are currently dealing with, like with Sam being completely broken, basically, with uh, you know the Leviathans taking over hospitals everywhere, with you know his best friend dead, that he wouldn't quite be so hardline uh, about this, but he is, and they have this argument back and forth, and I really feel like Dean comes off as a kind of a jackass in, the, in this whole thing. And I yeah. don't really like it. Like he's arguing like for like a hardline approach of like, we got to kill it. It's monster. We got to kill it. And I, I'm just not into it. I, yeah. Like <laughs> with how much Dean has dealt with, why does he care? Why? It's like, do you really think that, I mean, she might as well be a werewolf except less dangerous <laughs> and way more in control. Would Dean really like go out of his way to go kill a werewolf at this point in Supernatural with a Leviathan on the loose? I know that sometimes that they like to just like, okay, you know what? This is a case. It's something to work on. It's something to think about. We can deal with this. Uh, it's something to focus on while we're trying to deal with the, the bigger picture here. And that always makes sense. But where Sam is saying, hey, man, like it's cool. It's not going to be a problem. Uh, she was killing scumbags. But somehow Dean is still like, you know what? The old moral compass that I used to have that said monsters have to die. Um, is coming back, and I'm not going to listen to Sam. Uh, and it was Sam in season two who said, like, you know, we hunt evil, hunt like, monsters. not monsters. Yeah. You know, there, there's a difference. Uh, and you could say that that's what Amy was doing, too. She was killing, I mean, at least the drug 100%. dealers. 100%. Like, like, look at the people guy. she was killing. Like, that's a, that's, a, that's a real easy way to convince Dean, I would think. And he does. Like, Sam does try that. Um, th- this all comes to a head, though, when uh, Dean comes very close to calling her a freak. Which of course mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, it sets something off on Sam, who gets very angry, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I, I am a freak. Go ahead and say it. I can tell. I can look in. I can see it in your eyes. Like you treat me like a grenade that's about to go off. You you treat me like a freak, and you know, I am one. Like after all of the stuff we've gone through, I am a freak, and I have to learn how to live with that. And Dean's kind of in, insisting, like, you know, no, don't do this. Uh, he's insisting that, like, no, you're not a freak. And he goes, "Oh, I can tell." He goes, "Look." We're family. This is Sam talking to Dean. We're family. You just need to trust me on this. Like, trust mm-hmm. me that she won't kill again. Let me do this. And and Dean does. He backs down. Uh, but you can you can just definitely tell. Like, and also because you know you look down at the episode counter, and you're, you've got seven minutes left, and you're like, well, something is about to happen. Yeah, <laughs> I I think we talked about this, but I I wish that what happened here was a Dean who goes, okay, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt, but still, Hunter Dean. Uh, stressed out dean decides i need to go and look into this anyway i'm gonna give it a few days i'm gonna see if sammy's word is is truth uh even then that's sort of almost a betrayal of trust by even having to go in and see for yourself yeah rather than staging an assassination um having him kind of track her see something say sam was wrong i'm gonna go and take care of this but then that's a totally different situation anyway so yeah um 
so Sam, what, what yeah, ends he, up happening is uh dean dis, uh, disses he he disses sam <laughs> he just he creates a diss rap <laughs> about him <laughs> um he he ditches sam um they they go get some food at a local bigger sense because apparently this the only restaurant you can get food at it and supernatural now is a bigger sense yeah. uh ditches sam and then goes to uh find amy in a kind of a crappy hotel she's obviously on the run like she her and her son are on the run yeah he confronts her the, the son isn't there the son is missing and uh he basically says like hey i'm i'm sam's brother and uh i'm here to kill you and as, as she's protesting as like she thinks that this is going to be like a rational conversation like as she's talking he stabs her in the heart with his knife mm-hmm. um which is it, it just feels very cold-blooded to me like it feels extremely cold-blooded and then it gets worse <laughs> it gets way way yeah. worse uh because as he's laying her down on the hotel room bed, he looks behind him and the sun is there. And, uh, the sun says, um, he says to the, this kid, he goes, have you ever killed anybody? And the kid shakes his head. And Dean says, well, if you start killing somebody, I'm gonna come back for you. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not something I don't like. I mean, I, I realize we're in a different land with Dean Winchester right now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially like post Ben and everything. But I've never gotten the idea that this is this is something that he would be capable of. No, um, definitely feels like more of a John Winchester thing than a uh, a Dean Winchester thing. And I don't know. There's there's I think the further we get into the season, the more this type of thing is going to to maybe unfold uh, in like a character development, like something we can talk about and dig into it a little bit more as we go. Um, because yeah, right now it just feels really shitty, and I and I don't like that he does it. Um, and it seems like it seems like old Dean, uh, like season one, season two, Dean, who's just like I'm going to kill that monster no matter what because like that's the right thing to do, and nobody can tell me any different. But Dean knows different from that now. Dean has learned enough, and even if he still mistrusts monsters or or thinks we've trusted in them too many times, and it always gets spit back in our face, uh, maybe he's just too cynical now. But I I want to believe that there is still a Dean who who says I, I'm going to trust Sam on this. Absolutely. Because, um, but no, he doesn't trust Sam anymore. Uh, and maybe part of that is because he thinks that, that Sam is, is not um, in his right mind. And I, I get that. But just, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem like, like Dean would really care that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and that not, especially not care enough to like and try to intimidate this child. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, t- it, it's just a, it's a weird double standard where, um, hey, I don't, I don't trust you enough to, to, I don't trust your judgment that this woman won't kill again, um, and that she was only killing for her son. So I'm going to go kill her. Uh, but it, now it's my judgment that this little angry monster kid is out there, and I'm going to let him go. Yeah, like, who says like I'm not going to kill anybody except for you? Exactly. Who threatens Dean Winchester? In a, a kind of a baller move. Like the little kid pulls it off. I'm, I'm into. He's sitting there in his like his little pajamas or whatever, and he's like, "I'm going to kill you, <laughs> Dean Winchester." And I'm like, "Fuck yeah! I can't wait for this kid to come back." And spoiler alert: yeah, the kid has season not come fourteen. Back. He'll be old enough. <laughs> um get the same actor too that would be fucking great that would be uh, cool but I, and i guess maybe right maybe it is just dean having lost so much he's lost castiel he lost lisa and ben he lost he's lost almost every fight that they've tried like even winning doesn't really even feel like winning anymore mm-hmm. because it just it just mm-hmm. creates more trouble so maybe this is just like him hiding away from the world and making his heart as cold as possible to so that he can yeah. survive in this because he doesn't right. deserve anything better but man you just you would the double standard there of like i'm not going to trust your judgment that this chick should be let go but i'm definitely going to let go of this kid because I, I can't bring myself to kill a kid you know i mean come on dean like that's mm-hmm. you're gonna go back to sam and, and tell him that like no and then, you're like, not. <laughs> right 
being on Sam for an episode and a half about hiding, keeping secrets again, and then going and doing a thing and hiding and keeping a secret from Sam. It's like, that's not Dean, that's the writers. And I don't appreciate that. Um, I don't appreciate them writing drama for drama's sake. Uh, and I don't necessarily think that Dean's actions here are completely just like out of context or out of the blue. Like we, we can support them. There's enough there that we can support the reasons behind what Dean does. Even though I don't like what he does, I can still come up with motivations for it. I wish we had seen them a little bit more plainly. I wish we'd had a, a chance to see, I mean, we've seen Dean's hopelessness, but sort of like a detachment for, from any of the, uh, the positive things that he'd taken away from, from hunting uh, and from bonding with his brother over the last few years. But instead we just see a Dean De- who just goes, screw Sam's judgment. I'm just going to go kill this thing because that's what I'm going to do. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted about it. I don't like it, but I can see that it, it working in some ways. Can I backseat dry for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. The way that I would have liked to see this play out is for Dean not to trust Sam or to trust Sam, but not enough to be able to like not to check it out. Right. So he mm-hmm, goes and checks mm-hmm. it out and he finds the chick feeding on somebody like she she's something happened and she has to feed on somebody and instead of a drug dealer this time it's an innocent person so he he puts her down and then the kid walks into the middle of that and starts attacking dean and dean really has no choice like he accidentally kills the kid which i don't think they would have do in supernatural just straight no. off the bat like I, I doubt cw would let them actually kill a kid or something even by accident um but having done that and then keeping that a secret from sam and that would make more sense to me. Like I would want to see yeah. her fuck up for Dean to kill her. Instead, Dean mm-hmm. just Dean seems more monstrous than this monster does, which I, yeah. I, I'm sure is absolutely the point. Like I'm sure that there's a writer right. somewhere pat, right. patting themselves on the back for, Oh, the monsters were the real walking mm-hmm. dead were the humans. They were really alive. Yeah. But, but generally Dean, I guess part of me still gets angry too. Cause generally Dean doesn't ever get painted as, as bad in any way, shape or form by the, the fandom, I guess. It's sure. like literally everything that Sam does is he's a scumbag piece of shit. And then everybody's like, yeah, but it's Dean. Like, he's just really sad, you guys. Yeah, he's just, he's just had a lot. He's got a lot going on right now. <laughs> like, I know I agree, but like, come on, people. Um, there's still one left, one last scene left in the, in the episode. Uh, the credit card guy, low credit card Leviathan from the very beginning <laughs> yeah, of the episode him. has, uh, has arrived to the convenience store that, uh, both Sam and Dean have been at. And he's, he's just kind of waiting there for them to come in so that he can track them and, uh, had relaying all of that information to his boss. And, uh, in this, instead, and after he gets finished with the phone call, he wants to have a little snack and the Leviathan has, found that everything tastes better with cheese so he takes a vat of nacho cheese sauce dumps it on the clerk and like goes all leviathan mouth and presumably like eats the dude with cheese uh yeah. which d- d- is is so ridiculous and dumb uh, like I, I still like the leviathans are so stupid that they almost circle around to to great for me <laughs> even this kind of stuff is like oh really come on dude like it's yeah it's it's not yeah. even it's not like it's not scary anymore like these dudes aren't frightening they're just goofy at this point yeah the um I think that that is something that when Castiel like switches over into that version of himself uh, or when Misha Collins does it, it like it, it works and he, he pulls it off well. But that that's the first that was the first time for me when they're just like wacky and like goofy. I'm like, you guys are like older than time. Come on. Take this seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and then like a, a ravenous monster hidden just behind like the uh, 
thin veil of humanity that they're playing at uh, that just comes out and just devours people. Like, I'm totally into that aspect of it, but I just want them to take it seriously. Yeah, like, don't don't go the nacho cheese sauce route. Like, that's that's yeah. so, uh, that's like a dumb thing that Freddy Krueger would, would come up with to, like, scare somebody in a dream somewhere. Like, I think that's what a lot of people don't remember about Freddy Krueger is that that dude was a fucking ham bone the entire fucking movie. Like, he's always making goofy jokes and stuff. Um, yeah, and especially because they've set him up as as threats in other ways. Like, there's taking over hospitals, having plants at credit card companies. That kind of stuff is actually genuinely frightening, and 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 shows an organization. Like I mentioned in the last episode of like, oh shit, these dudes are they're getting organized and they're coming after the Winchesters, and that's kind of terrifying. So when you see like that coupled with the nacho cheese sauce scene, it's just it's just kind of ridiculous. It's just kind of yeah. dumb. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any last thoughts on the episode? I know um, I always come out more positive. I always come out with some, some, at least for my own sake, some food mm-hmm. for thought, like more I want to think about with Dean. Um, whenever I say I don't like something in the show, more often than not, it's something I want to think about and figure out why I don't like and not just be like, it's bad because I yeah. love Supernatural too much to ever just think this is flat out bad. Um, I'm, I'm just worried I'm going to sound too negative in season seven, but I actually think that these have been good episodes so far. Yeah, I've I've enjoyed these episodes. Um, we're getting kind of shaky on our characterizations in some cases, which is which is a concern. But also, uh, like our good friends Ichokobo mentioned, like we're we're in soap opera territory at this point. Like I think it's going to come with the nature of the show mm-hmm. that you're mm-hmm. seven, you're you know a hundred something episodes into it, you're you know you're you're trying to come up with ways to keep these boys scared or keep these boys interested, interesting to an audience, and it always takes something, and it's not all going to be perfect. Like not every show can be yeah. Breaking Bad because Jesus Christ, we'd all be exhausted from watching television all the time um, from what i understand in season 13 i think that dean still hates sam so we're we're on, <laughs> on a roll here as we covered in that uh well i didn't really have much time to talk like they seemed pretty friendly when we saw the wayward sisters episode um, yeah which which listeners if you were want to get our opinion on modern day supernatural we did a, a, a just a brief bonus episode it's on the rss feed you can go find it at monsterthweek.cool and uh, go check the, an episode we did on the Wayward Sisters kind of backdoor pilot they did. And it was really good. We liked it a lot. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm into it. Can't wait to catch up with that in five years. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Chris, uh, tell everybody where you can be found on the Internet so we can GTF- GTFO out of here. You can follow me at Local Bones on Twitter. You can find me at JG Greer. Talk to us on Twitter at MOTWcast. You can also find all of our social networks uh, at monsteroftheweek.cool. Thank you again to our patrons at patreon.com slash monsteroftheweek. Uh, thank you to people leaving iTunes reviews and saying nice things about us on the internet. Thank you for all of the new listeners that we've had. It's really, really cool to see people kind of picking it up. We really love it. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode 63 of Monster of the Week. Bye. Bye, you beautiful hunks. Goodbye, you beautiful hunks. <laughs> I'm going to finish drinking my water. I already ate my dinner. I got a sandwich from this place called Gloria's. It was pretty good. It was dope. Tell me about the sandwich. Um, it was just like a pretty standard fare uh, turkey club. Um, I love it. I usually sandwich, get these, these fucking bomb-ass chicken fingers at this place. They're humongous. Mm. Um, but they always make me feel really shitty. And I was like, I have to record a podcast. I'm not going to eat those. So I, I took <laughs> the safer you, option. Good for you. Hey, have this I've chicken been doing that. Treat yourself tomorrow. 
I usually I usually have the tomorrow. chicken fingers on the weekend where I don't have to do a lot. Um, man, I've been making this is I've just got to tell everybody. Every morning I used to go to Dunkin' Donuts and I would get a coffee and sometimes I would get a breakfast sandwich. But those breakfast sandwiches are fucking bad for you and they make you feel bad. In the last couple of days, I haven't been preparing anything because I didn't have like any eggs or, or anything. And I had these breakfast bars I usually eat, but I was out of those. So instead uh, of, of stopping at Dunkin' Donuts and getting a breakfast sandwich like I used to all the time, now I'm just like, I'm not going to eat anything because I will feel less shitty <laughs> being hungry than I will if I eat that and then try to be at work all day. <laughs> I uh, There used to be a Krispy Kreme on the, my way to work. Mm-hmm. And it was the only spot that was like on my way to work that I could get uh, a coffee from. So I, I would dip into that Krispy Kreme and I would, they didn't have a drive-thru or anything, so I would just like go inside and uh, I'd get yeah. my, my coffee or whatever. And um, I don't know if you know this, if you just walk into a Krispy Kreme and order a coffee, they just hand you a donut. They're like, oh, hey, these are fresh. <laughs> really? Yeah, they were just straight up hand oh me God. like a fucking, like a, just a plain ass Krispy Kreme donut. And it was, it was great. Like I, I dug it. Um, and then it, it, and it totally worked because then for like a, like a, a good two months, like every day I would start buying like, oh, I need, a, I need a couple of donuts with my coffee this morning. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, that, that adds up real fucking fast. <laughs> you can't be doing the first that time I ever had a Krispy Kreme donut was at my grandfather's funeral. <laughs> Okay. Like we went back to my grandmother's house after, and like it's very sad, and everybody's there. And then somebody brought Krispy Kreme donuts, and I was like, "Yo, fuck my little ass up! This is delicious. <laughs> I've never had donuts like this. This is this Forget is sadness. <laughs> Sorry, Grandpa. <laughs> but these are some dope ass donuts. I wish you were here to enjoy them. I wish we could have shared these together. Instead, I am putting myself in an early grave so I can see you next. next I wish that sooner. we could share these together, but instead, I'm just gonna eat yours. <laughs> It's ASMRJ here. I just wanted to take a little minute to do something a little different on this channel. I know all of you love and like and subscribe to this channel for the ASMR, but today I'm bringing you something a little bit different, everybody. No more tinglings in your finglings. Today, I'm going to do a reading. This is my favorite book. It's called Vampire Kisses. Live the fantasy. It was written by D.S. Fox. We're going to start at chapter two. Jeremy sighed, breath raising a puff of dust from the shelf before him, books long untouched, lost to time, ancient technology, he thought, wryly as he glanced at the titles, pre-databyte. The stacks were seldom wandered by students anymore, given over to teachers and researchers and and others beyond the times ghost memories lived on past their proper moment as have i he shook his head at the morbid turn of his thoughts leaned on the shelf carefully lest he disturb the settling dust autumn seemed unaware of him watching her head bent beneath overhead fluorescence books piled high all around jeremy knew that she was writing only because he could hear the scratching of her pen on paper he could see nothing of her but the top of her head, light reflecting off of her auburn hair. Squinting, he could make out some of the t- titles, dry tomes all. He wondered what she found within them that was worth spending hours reading when she could be outside, dancing in the warm, bright sunshine. Then, mortals always seemed to take such things for granted, believing there would be, be time for basking in the light later when their work was done. His heart might not beat, but it still ached, heavy with longing to tell Autumn to look up at the beauty of the world. He sighed again, 
stirring time's ashes, not even bothering to brush them from his sleeves. If you shun the light anyway, perhaps you'd join me in the shadows? A predatory smile crossed his face, sharp teeth with a warning. But no, he closed his eyes. She is not for you. Another look. I can watch her at least. Autumn looked up for her notes, brown searchlight gaze seeking her watcher. Damn it, someone's staring. I can feel eyes. Seeing no one, she went back to her reading, but her shoulders were tense for some time. She'd been feeling the same way off and on for months, more at night than during the day, alone in quiet buildings and in the midst of crowds. Overactive imagination, she told herself, but she didn't even believe it. Tucking a strand of short hair behind her ear, she tried to focus, but her mind would not stay on the words before her, roaming instead to a solemn hazel stare heavy with secrets. Stop dreaming, you've barely met the man. And if he knew you'd been trying to hunt him down, he'd be running away from you, not staring. She wasn't listening and she knew it. Sighing, she gathered her notes, deciding that work would have to wait. Maybe I'll run into him. At least I can watch the moon rise, stretch my legs. She looked around again, saw no one, and shook her head. Enough. She tore a page from her notebook, scrawled a few words, turned away. Grinning half in challenge, half half in self-mockery, she strode into the room, into the dusk. Jeremy hurried to the table and picked up her notes. Had enough of hunting and stalking in the shadows yet? Why not come into the light? Jeremy threw back his head and laughed. Oh, lady, I do wish I could. He sauntered after her, note in hand. Thank you, everybody. Hopefully, if this video gets enough likes and enough feedback, this could be a regular feature on the ASMRJ channel. We could read the entirety of Vampire Kisses. Please like and peace, please subscribe. Oh, well. Look who it is. It's me, in the Discord chat, by myself. Waiting on my uh, podcast co-host, Jeremy Greer, best known for his appearances on such shows as Monster of the Week. I was going to try and come up with like a good fake one in between, but that's not so. Days of the Future cast, <laughs> Don't Give Up Skeleton, and Dark Insight. Also, probably Radio Free Midworld a lot. I, you, you're practically a full-time member of that. You got anything else, Jeremy? I'm going to text you right now. You got anything else, Jeremy? It's an inside joke. You'll get it later. That's what I'm texting to you right now, Jeremy. I'm ready. That's also what I'm going to tell you. Good. Fucking nailed it. You're going to be like, what is he talking about? This guy is crazy, crazy Chris guy. Who is he? What's he thinking? You'll, you'll figure it out. And you'll be like, oh shit, my friend is insane. <laughs> All right. Well, tend to wait on uh, old JG here. Jeremy, I ever told you how excellent it is that your middle name is Guy? Just fucking Jeremy Guy Greer. That's such a good name, you piece of shit. That's such a good name. Christopher William Mosier. It just sounds like I got my head up my ass. So many letters. So English. <clears throat> Not even English. Alright, well, I mean... 
don't have anything else to say, so you know what that means. Time to pop out the supernatural novel. Okay, here we go. Oscar called himself a hunter, and from what he said, that's exactly what John Winchester had been as well. That Oscar had reached retirement and pressed... (laughs) Man, the sentence structure of all these always fucks with me, but I feel like this isn't going to be about any of our boys, so let's find a different spot. I don't have any uh, John Winchester fanfiction. I don't um, want to drill that into the ground too quickly. I don't even at this at the time of this recording. I don't know if anybody has actually heard my fan fiction. So hey, what's up, Jeremy? What's hey? What's, what's, just, uh, hey, what's, what's going happening? On, buddy? Did you get my texts? <laughs> uh, I just saw the one that said I'm ready. Sorry, I was <clears throat> I was in the middle of a Photoshop. <clears throat> important, oh, important business, you know. Very cool, very cool. I started to Photoshop um, this week's podcast art. I'll have to go back and try again as soon as we finish this. Actually, because. What um uh it's the picture you i don't know if you know what i'm talking about from uzumaki it's the there's a girl and her like eyeballs exposed and then there's a spiral coming out that covers her brain i know exactly um, the picture you're talking yeah. about so i put castiel's face over hers and like just edited in her like eyeball with the spiral on his forehead and i couldn't quite get it to look right so i'm gonna take a, another stab at it and, and there's no like visual information around it, so it just looks like a weird picture of Castiel. I forgot, but I'm, we I'm going to see what I can do. We were talking about some Yuzumaki stuff on, for for the season, yeah. weren't we? Yeah, I totally forgot. Uh, yeah, that. I I stay woke when it comes to podcast art. I'm um. This is not going well for me. Let's see if it's in the pinned mm-hmm. items. I'm having I'm having mm-hmm. a time. Did you get my text? Let me see. Let me go back to my text messages. Uh, you got anything else, Jeremy? Is what it says. <laughs> yes. I don't. You said I'll get it later, and that it's an inside joke. Is it an inside <laughs> it's joke? An inside it's, joke. You'll get it later. If, if yeah, it's, it's an inside joke between uh, present Chris and future Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> it's if it's just an inside joke that uh, that only you know. It's not a joke. That's not. That's not. Yeah, what but it's gonna. It, it will be an inside joke. You'll get it later. Okay. Okay. I believe you. You don't get it now, but you will when you listen to sure, <laughs> the sure, podcast sure. when you go to edit it. Oh, I need to. Ah, oh, shit. Let me finish this real quick. Gotta take a work call? <laughs> yeah, I just got a little work call. <laughs> gotta... Okay, I'm just gonna read while you're doing that, so... You're, what are you gonna read? <clears throat> Ooh, Jesus, cut that out, whatever you do. No, that, that's staying in. That's not. That's literally not fair. <laughs> that's not fair to, to the listener to have to hear me do it when you get to cut out your throat stuff. I cut out. Every I didn't single, make any tea. Every single throat stuff. <clears throat> Nobody heard that last oh, thing man. I just did. It's because I just ate. I had French fries. I know there was oil on those French fries. Well, yeah. How else are you gonna make French fries without some oil, dog? Hey, hey, you ain't kidding. In the moments before the creature struck, he really wished that shooting Albert had broken the man's hold on the spirit. Damn it. The warrior raised his katana. Heat from the demonic flames licked across Samuel's face. He'd been half tempted to fire his revolver just to see what would happen, but knew that he'd only be wasting a bullet. Now, though, he'd take whatever he could, because there was nowhere to dodge, nowhere to run. He raised the pistol. Mary finished the incantation and threw the pulverized root into the flames that surrounded the Bronin. Oh my god! Samuel uh, Campbell and Mary Campbell, aka Mary Winchester, are fighting a st- uh, the ghost of a samurai. This is 
incredible. Nobody told me that Supernatural The Heart of the Dragon was about this. Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure they were doing Chinese stuff before, and now they're doing Japanese stuff. So I, there's a lot of crossover here. And it sounds like a white writer to me. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's Keith. It's our guy Keith. It's our the same Keith, dude who writes Keith, all of Keith yeah. the writer. He's not very good at telling <laughs> Japanese versus Chinese stuff apart, that's for sure. Yeah. Mary finished the incantation and threw the pulverized root into the flames that surrounded the Ronin. Though the katana remained raised, the spirit threw its head back and screamed. The flames grew hotter, and Samuel had to put his hands in front of his face to try to ward out the pounding heat. Yeah. Can A flash I, um, of light, then nothing. Oh, what's up? Can I? I'm done, so. But I, want, I was curious if you'd like to hear a little bit of vampire kisses. I would love to. Uh, ASMRJ already read some of the chapters, uh, but... Did you really? Oh yeah, I did it in the whole thing. Did you pull like you pull a me and you record it before you? Oh, one hundred percent. That's what I, what I was doing when I got your text message. That's why I was ignoring them. Um, Excellent. This like takes a while to get in before it like starts being dumb though. Um, I mean, usually most supernatural novels are just dumb right there. I was thinking of reading Twilight because I realized I had like a ton of my sister's books here. Mm-hmm. Don't re- I don't I make me listen re- to you read Twilight. Oh, I know. But I was going to hope that I could find like a really funny passage and read it in a in a voice. But I'll, I'll see if I can dig that out. I'm pretty sure it's still here. <clears> that <throat> all of her books are here. For some reason, I have all my sister's books. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop this in the middle of conversation here. Um, speaking of men, Autumn smiled softly. You wouldn't believe the one I just met. Or didn't meet, actually. He rescued me. Her eyes unfocused at the thought of him, and she sighed. Casey leaned in close, eager for details. Her dearest friend... Wait, wait, okay. Her eyes unfocused. Her eyes unfocused. She's literally like, it's just like a drooling slob just thinking about this guy. Like you do with men. Um, (sighs) Casey's dearest friend might not have been a nun, but she wasn't known for her accessibility, either. It was a long time since Autumn had even dated, too busy with her books and research to look at the smorgasbord life presented before her. If someone had... (laughs) If someone had the fucking truth. If someone had made an impression, Casey wanted to hear every detail. Autumn's lips parted, her breath racing as she sought the words to describe the apparition. What was her, it? Her, anyway? her breath was racing, so she was just like. <laughs> <laughs> her friend is like Autumn. What's wrong with you? Casey has no idea. Uh, where had he come from she had heard his arrival but entirely missed his departure and her and did her best to explain to casey the force of his present his grace his speed it was it was it was much easier to describe the physical details than the depth of his hazel eyes or the sense of of stillness surrounding him sounds yummy usually is easier to (laughs) describe it usually is easier to describe somebody's physical characteristics than their like deep personality Sounds yummy, Casey explained. I hope he'll be at the party. Mm. Taking back the invitation, Casey waved it before her face like a Southern Bells fan. Nothing like a well-dressed man, she drawled. Less it's two or three of them. <laughs> Shit, Casey! Casey! You dirty girl! Dirty girl. Let me see if we can find some uh, Vampire J in here, because I'm the vampire. Um, wait, 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 wait. Is this like a custom-made uh, book? Yeah, have you ever seen these before? This book's by you? Oh my god, no, I didn't realize that's what this was. Autumn is the 
best wife ever. <laughs> yeah, this is fucking ridiculous. Uh, let me get into. Here we go. Because I thought, oh, maybe she picked it out because it has her name in it. But oh, I no, did no, not no. realize you, that you, you tell the, were the vampire. You tell the service like, uh, give me like the the protagonist's name. The vampire's name is Jeremy. The chick in it that's going to get seduced is Autumn. She named the chick Casey because at the time there was a chick on Top Chef named Casey that uh, she kept accusing me of having a crush on, which I didn't. I just thought she was nice. Casey's just, a, I just wanted her to win. She was a really nice cook. She made a lot of good food, but she had a lot of soul in her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, there's a dog named Otter in here somewhere, I think. I'm, I'm pretty sure anyway. Uh, Jeremy leaned against a wall, eyes closed, hands clenched at his sides. His teeth ground together like old stones wearing away. That one is not for you, he told himself, knowing he was not listening. He had been watching her for weeks. Everything about her drew him. Her smile, the way she carried herself, the books she read, the subjects she studied. He'd followed her wherever he could, but he'd made no attempt to meet her. There had been no need. He wasn't, he wasn't seeking anything she could provide. Or so he told himself over and over again. Sometimes he even came close to believing it. Jeremy's obsessed with this chick. I'm he obsessed doesn't actually want to talk with to her. her. He talks to himself a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Leave her to her studies and her writings and her days. She is not yours. His mouth filled with longing and hunger. His teeth ached. Has she gone yet? He craned his neck around the corner, found her instantly. His teeth ached. He needed a dentist. <laughs> But dentists aren't open past five o'clock. It was a problem. Uh, he craned her. He craned his neck around the corner. Found her instantly, surrounded by men, laughing like a flame dancing in the breeze of a moth's wings as they fight for the privilege of dying in her embrace. Is that what moths do? Yes, they fight for the privilege of burning alive in the fire. A solitary flame, he knew from observation, kept behind glass, untouched, <gasps> but he growled at the sight anyway. <laughs> <laughs> his hands made talons at his sides, lips pulled away from a fierce display of sharp white teeth. She is not yours. Was they thought for the men around her or for himself? <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, the very next chapter, Casey's asking her, like, hey, was your was that dude there? And she's shredding napkins and cards containing the knight's phone numbers and email addresses. The breeze carrying the scraps away. Casey, you're such a fucking litter bug. What are you doing? She's she's a litter bug and the most popular woman alive. <sighs> she's just got all these email addresses from all these guys. Good times. Yeah, like cause that's what you do. Like you swap email addresses. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me I just met. Hey, can I have your email? Yeah, like, what's what? your what, hey girl, what's your Yahoo? <laughs> give me the give me the Yahoo <laughs> give digits. Me the, give me the Yahoo digits so I can try to guess your password. <laughs> give me your Yahoo digits. What's your mom's maiden name? <laughs> Um, you were talking about, we were joking about the Yahoo passwords or whatever. In high school, when Facebook became a thing, or I guess it was college. One day my friends were at my house. And we were waiting to go do something. And my friend was playing WoW on my computer. And then he, he switched over to Facebook. And I don't know how it started, but he hacked into like five people's Facebooks by resetting their password, by guessing their like favorite things. Wow. Because it's incredibly easy to do. Apparently, Facebook just like gave you all that information like right up front. And I can't, I'm really, this sucks because I'm really trying to remember what they did. They didn't do anything malicious. But they just changed everybody's picture, I think, to Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then made a bunch of like status updates as Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
just like five random people we went to high school with. Extremely. Uh, and good. to think <laughs> to think about that now, like holy shit, like that is like that's illegal, probably. But um, it was it was very uh, harmless. Except there was this one kid who uh, we found out he had a drug problem, and that kind of was a huge bummer. And we ended up just um, not not doing anything on his. <laughs> Occasionally at our office, people will leave themselves logged into their Facebook. So, like, you'll just open mm. up Chrome on someone's computer and, like, oh, hey, here's all of your Facebook information. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was at, uh, this wasn't a computer. This was my stepmom's cell phone. She made, she like got up to go get a drink or something. And I looked down and, like, she would still had Facebook up. Mm-hmm. So I just, um, and she's a, a, like a really like aggressive LSU fan, like just really aggressive <laughs> about like really liking yeah. LSU. So I did, I don't remember what team they were playing, but I was like, go Razorbacks or, you know, go yeah. Austin, Texas. I don't know what the fuck it was, but some uh, like anti LSU team or something and just put her phone down and I flipped it upside down so that the screen would be facing down. Cause I figured she'd be like looking at it if it would kept flashing up notifications or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, like 20 minutes goes by and she finally picks up her phone and she, I just, I wasn't even in the same room. I just hear what the fuck. <laughs> 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 and she starts like somebody hacked into my account. Who did this? Who did this? And I was, I was really going to try to like pretend and be like, Hey, let me look at it. Let me see if somebody hacked into it or whatever. But I just fucking lost it at what the, fuck like as soon as i heard it from somewhere i was just dying i could not stop laughing what the fuck (laughs) that's incredible how how are things chris Mosier? i was in a bad mood most of today but i'm in a pretty okay mood now i was about to say you seem like you're having a uh i was just i guess stressed out i was getting stressed out shadow classes what i said was like i was forcing myself to beat that thing and i couldn't do it and i was getting really mad but I just like I get obsessed and then I can't stop doing it. So I spent like three hours uh, trying to beat the third Colossus on hard time attack after finding out that they added a minute and a half to the time from the PS2 version. So it's way easier now, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> but you still couldn't do it. And, <laughs> Poor like, Chris. Three, t- three times I finished it within like one to three seconds of it. Uh, you have to get 630 and I did it at 631, 632 and 633 at different times. Um, or I'd get like really close to finishing it and then I'd fall off and realize like, oh, I now don't have enough time to, to beat him. And I was getting so frustrated, but rather than just stopping like a normal person, I just kept going and it was like, it was killing me. I was making myself really, really angry. Why and I was like, okay, all right, time that's to not, stop. That's not good. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? I need to take like a week off from video games. I haven't done that in quite a long time. Excuse been, me, I burped. I haven't done that in a long time. You've <clears> been, um, consistent gamer as your, as your current I've been hashtag. a pretty consistent gamer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this little time off probably served me well. So I got really mad in traffic today too. Um, some dude beeped at me and I just like, was like, I could, I just follow him and just fucking beat the shit out of this guy, which I've never <laughs> done anything like that in my entire life. But the fact that I have to have that thought means that like, I need to fucking take a chill pill. <laughs> Sorry. You can just no, follow him and beat the it's shit fine. out of that guy. When we lived in Phoenix... Uh, the, the traffic in the morning was fucking ridiculous. Like some, nothing I had ever seen before or really even since had prepared me for like the daily amount of traffic that we had to go through. And um, Phoenix has like the, the on ramps to the interstate uh, metered. So, you know, you, you, there's two lanes, there's a light, one turns green, the left lane goes, one, the other one turns green, the mm-hmm. right lane goes, that kind of thing. So you can basically try to throttle traffic on the interstate so it's not just fucking chaos. But assholes right. in the morning would take to the shoulder 
and go around everybody and just go to the interstate. <laughs> like it was that kind of chaos. Like it was bad. Yep. And whenever yep. this happened and Autumn was at the front, she would follow them in her in her vehicle with me in the vehicle and just just her 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 horn just pressed down the entire time. <laughs> and not for like not 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 one of these like beep beep things, but just a steady Chris for miles. <laughs> she would just she didn't fucking <laughs> care. Dedication. She just would I mean she would just be right on their ass and just and I'm like, Autumn, you're gonna mm-hmm. get fucking shot doing this one day. You mm-hmm. have to stop doing this. <laughs> it must have driven the people fucking crazy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just like my fucking neighbor's dog driving me crazy. Every goddamn morning at six thirty. I don't have to be out of bed until at least seven thirty to have plenty of time to get go to work. You know what I have to do in the morning? Nothing. I put my contacts in and then I'm ready to go to work. It's like you know, I make my food the night before I'm ready to go, but I wake up at fucking six thirty every morning now after staying up till one because my neighbor just puts their dog up while they get ready for work for an hour and then it just barks in the cold. It's a poor animal. It's a poor animal. But I don't know who owns the dog so i can't like send any threats to anybody i don't want to threaten the wrong person well i mean you could just go knock on the dude's door and be like hey can you just bring him in for after he goes to take i'm a just piss? gonna yeah uh i just want to leave a note that's like i'm gonna take your dog and it's gonna be mine if you don't fucking knock it <laughs> just take, i mean your neighbors man just go over there and talk to him well i don't know which neighbor it is i don't even know who has a dog well I'm, i just I, hear it i bet you if you uh if you go knock on someone's door and you're like hey do you have a dog in your backyard they'd be like no but we need to go fucking talk to that guy and you can yeah. get a team up you can get a squad <laughs> going i didn't think of that <laughs> let me run your life chris i have all the good ideas you do you have better ideas than I do. I was in a book called Vampire Kisses. That's yeah, I didn't even know that. It's crazy. You can do that. You're like a celebrity. Uh, you could. Uh, it's just booksbyu.com. So <laughs> I think I feel like I need to do that. I think they have other like versions of that too. That'd be a fun thing to go to go look at real quick. Yeah. Um, I wrote a little like mini book review uh, of this book, Prince of Thorns. Have you heard of it? Uh, yes, I have. I read it. I thought it was pretty good, but I didn't really like it at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it turned itself around on me, and I was like, oh, okay, this book uh, is pretty good. I like what's going on in this book. So I finished it. I wrote a little mini-review on my Instagram. Uh, but the first half of my review was like sounding kind of negative, and then sure enough, the fucking author comments on it. And I was like, no, <laughs> what? <laughs> You're not supposed to see this. <laughs> and then I did was like, I like, I ended up really liking the book, but I was like really, really self-conscious about the fact that it uh, was negative at the beginning. I don't know maybe think of that, but here I am. Here we go. We got Romance by You, classic book Ooh. by you. Um, <laughs> you could become the Phantom of the Opera or solve crimes in Sherlock Holmes, fall in love with Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice, or step into Dorothy's slippers in The Wizard of Oz. Or, Chris, I think this one's right up your alley, become the man cub in The Jungle Book. What the fuck? <laughs> What's the name of this website? Booksbyyou.com. Oh, wow, they have a Fifty Shades version. <laughs> Somebody, I don't know how much this cost. Um, let's go see what the cost of this stuff would be. Because I'm curious if, because I just don't want to, I'm not going to include this if somebody, like, if I think that somebody's going to pay, um, oh, it's $40. Like, pay $40 to make a a Fifty Shades of You Monster of the Week book <laughs> and send it to us. I don't want that to happen. No, no. <sighs> let's see. Romance. How much is like a regular one? Well, you can get an ebook for twenty bucks. Holy shit! Pirates of Desire. That's a good name. 
Western rendezvous. Wedding favors. By Magic Bound. I just feel like I wish I wish I had known about this just a few weeks ago because my anniversary is next week, and I would love to have given Jess some terrible, some terrible uh, novels, and give it to her and not like tell her that we're in it. <laughs> just, be like, just here's on, a Jess, really I just good think book. I really yeah. like it. Um, in wedding racing hearts, it's about NASCAR. Oh my god! In wedding favors, our heroine is a talented baker who agrees to help organize a friend's wedding, little realizing the chaos she's getting herself into. What Ooh. knocks her for a loop is getting mixed up in a whirlwind romance spicier than her famous cinnamon rolls after she runs into our super sexy hero literally okay here we go here's medieval passion um medieval passion is a timeless tale of true romance nobility knights and ladies dot 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 destined to break the rules of love travel back to a time of arranged marriages secret rendezvous and hidden passion um (laughs) They have two versions of this, which I'm, I'm pretty pretty into. Fifty Shades of Gay. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and they have mm-hmm. a, a MM version and an FF version of that. So, Excellent. And Fifty Shades of Gay, our powerful and composed hero, suddenly finds himself at risk of losing control when he meets a kind-hearted college student with a little experience in the areas of romance or life in general. Ooh. Somehow, the very different men captivate each other, and soon they are spiraling, th- spiraling through a universe of passion and pleasure and a fair bit of destruction. This book includes profanity and descriptive sexual scenes that some readers might find disturbing. Homie, if your if your readers aren't looking at the cover of this and going, "Yeah, that's probably going to be a little a little much for me at Fifty Shades of Gray," <laughs> excuse me, Fifty Shades of Gay. You ready for this? This is the one I think I'm going to have to go for. Western Rendezvous. In the untamed world of Western Rendezvous, our sexy scheming hero tries to outwit a lovely feisty saloon owner. But she'll never back down without a fight. A stampede and tornado provide the action, while our bold lovers provide the heat. She's trying to outwit somebody. Oh, Dark Embrace. Okay, that sounds pretty. Our hero is a gifted shadow ward who tracks lost souls and leads them to their eternal resting place. Dope. His instincts fail when he's drawn into the home of a lovely lethal woman who immediately binds him to her. She is a vampire of souls destined to feed on humans' life force. Slowly they accept one another and soon deeper feelings develop, but the dark truth is that only one can survive. Who will be called upon to make the ultimate sacrifice? Holy shit! We need to cover that for Monster of the Week. <laughs> I love if you actually click on one and are like, go ahead and start ordering it. Like all of the stuff that you have to fill out, like first name, last name, eye color, hair color, hair length, hairstyle, body type, favorite drink, pet, pet name. Excellent. <laughs> they want you to get detailed. You can get these in a couple of days, dude. And this won't come out for like, you know, three weeks. So you're good. You're good. I might have to actually go through with this. It's pretty hilarious. Okay. Like We got it as a quote unquote bad present, but like it was fucking like it, it cracked me up like you wouldn't believe. That's, I yeah, I want to do it. Okay, I'm gonna save this. I can come back to it later. She'd spent the day in the library, but this time she'd been studying Jeremy's kind, old pseudo scholarly tomes, collected legends, psychological treaties on vampire myth. She'd collected what facts she could find and was going down her list. I still know next to nothing about you. Do you realize that? I mean, what are your vices? Do you smoke? He laughed, the sound deep in his chest, beckoning so that she could barely uh, keep him laying her cheek, cheek like. against him. Only if you put me in the sun. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> hey, I'm serious, she smiled. Hey, I'm serious, she smiled, though. What about grave dirt? <laughs> uh-huh. 
I'm Does sorry. she know that he's a vampire at this I point, guess, or does she so, just yeah, think he's a wacky guy? 108 pages into it, I guess. I guess pro- she probably knows. Yeah, it's a good. There's a good chance that she's figured it out. So I went to I went to lunch a little bit late today, and I uh I that, that's where I ate this like big ass orange. I had some peanut butter involved in my meal, and there was a um, there was popcorn. They were giving a free popcorn at work, so I was like, "I'm gonna have some of that shit. Give me that." Um, so I ate, I ate a strange combo of foods, and then I got back to my desk, and I noticed like all the other like management was was gone. So I was like, "I bet we have a meeting right now." <laughs> so I just walked over to our like boardroom area, and I went in, and I was like, "Hey, sorry guys, uh, I was at lunch." And they're like, "Oh no, 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 it's fine." Um, so we're going over something, and. Everybody's sitting down. I'm like, I'm not going to bother sitting down. I'm just going to stand here against the table. That's fine. Nope, people do that sometimes. But like, as soon as I like closed the door behind me, stood, you know, everybody got back to what they were doing. And immediately my stomach was like, what up, my dude? And I was like, oh, fuck. And I feel like my whole pa- face went pale. And I just had to stand there for like half an hour more and pretend like I didn't want to die. Like, um, like everything was just fine. Yeah, I'm like, hey, guys, how are you doing? I'm not clenching my cheeks right now trying to lock down a fart. No. I'm not doing that. What do you? Why do you keep asking me? <laughs> uh, I don't even have like my notes up. Get those notes up. This episode is a mess. I think we should cover it up to the point where, um, <laughs> where we get to Sam's flashback and then just stick with Sam's flashback until we're done with it. It, um, and not, and not talk about any of the future stuff, or just not go back and, and then forth. and then roll back to the future stuff. Okay, yeah, we can do that. That's probably a good way to because this episode's it. not that great, and I this is one of the only opportunities for us to have a decently uh, short episode. I uh, I, I kind of like this episode, Chris. <laughs> I don't hate it either, but I mean, it's not that good. I mean, you put Jewel State in, in just about anything, and I'm kind of down though. So yeah, I was like, hey, it's Firefly. I couldn't remember her name at the time. Let me um. I'm going to go get an allergy pill because I can already tell I'm about to start having allergies. I'll be right back. About to start sneezing? Yep. Okay, the sentence that I'm about to read sounds like it's from my fanfiction, but it's not. Quickly gulping down the remainder of his dumplings, John shrugged on his bomber jacket, left a $10 bill on the table without bothering to wait for the check. He didn't want to lose time. Grabbed the, the large mailing tube from under the table and headed for the exit. I wouldn't, you know what? I can't discredit myself like that. I'd like to think that I wouldn't write a run on sentence like that. I might speak in run on sentences, but when I write it, I usually have a chance to go back and fix it. So, oh man, every page of this book is bad. Jeremy. Let me, uh, you there? I heard you, but I guess you're not. Okay, there you are. <laughs> also got a halls. Try to cut huh? down on my... Oh, yeah, good call. Coughing. <clears throat> let me, uh, let me hit you with this real quick. Hit it. Dean stood between a fidgety Sam and a patient Uncle Bobby at the Sioux Falls Airport baggage claim. Each time someone new came through the door, his ten-year-old heart beat just a little bit faster, and each time it wasn't Dad. <laughs> that is hilarious. You choking on that halls right now? It was, yeah. <laughs> All 
right, I found my notes. Do you want my notes? Or you're good? I don't want your fucking notes, Jeff. I didn't think that you did. I was just fucking asking, Chris. God damn. After a certain point, I realized, oh, no, I don't look at them. So, no, you don't need to send them. Wow. 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 You know, wow. <laughs> His character in uh, The Royal Tenenbaums is fucking great. I mean, he's, appa- he's supposed to be Cormac McCarthy. I didn't realize that he was. I knew that the writing style was supposed to be like that, but he's so ridiculous. It's just. I didn't know that he was like modeled after anybody either. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, not like the crazy part. I guess, I don't know. His like author persona is supposed to be Cormac McCarthy. Oh, God. The fucking... I forgot about this stupid uh, witch episode with the Buffy people. Oh, yeah. That's in season seven, huh? Yeah. Coming up. It's episode five. Is it bad? I don't remember. I remember not liking it at the time because I didn't know who the fuck these people were or like, or mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't really get like any of the weird jokes that they kept making. So I just thought it was mm-hmm. bad because I'm a normal person that didn't, you know, watch yeah, Buffy. I think it's Cordelia and Spike. Man, I don't know uh, if you've met either of those characters. Cordelia, I think both or no, maybe not Spike. I'm on, um, Spike has bleach blonde hair and wears a leather trench coat. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he, he's, he, he shows up pretty quick, pretty early. Yeah. Um, My favorite character in um, Buffy is Giles. The professor guy? Yeah. <laughs> A.K.A. The Ripper. <laughs> that was his old nickname. Oh, that's right. They did say that at some point, didn't they? <laughs> the Ripper. Yeah, Jesus I don't Christ. know. I had a weird relationship with Buffy. <laughs> It's a weird. It's a weird show, man. Like I just mm-hmm. watched the the one where um, they go to the zoo, mm-hmm. and a gang of, a gang of dudes or a gang of like teenage students, um, get like possessed by hyenas, and also Xander does, and so they <laughs> fucking Xander. They eat the 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 principal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They course. literally eat the principal. <laughs> <laughs> all of them luckily they stakes had, are high they had locked up Xander, but like whoa they ate that motherfucker like they all come yeah. out and it's the oh man the soundtrack is hilarious too i love it like it's it's a soundtrack that i can get behind uh but it's 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 very hilarious and and bad at the same time but they come like slow walking out in slow motion and all of them are just kind of like they have some <laughs> napkins and they're just stabbing the, the inside of their lips to, to oh, get all that, that blood out of there which oh man whoo that's good stuff right there. So what happens when your high school is on a hellmouth, man? Shit pops off. <clears throat> is it literally called a hellmouth? I believe so. It's a Shakespearean term. Uh, you know. I do. I do. Tell, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anymore. That's it. I do remember literally I took a Shakespeare class in college and they called something a hellmouth and I was like, oh yeah, like Buffy. <laughs> like Buffy. <laughs> to be that one dude also this this i probably should save this for like you know 10 years when we're going to be doing the podcast but um what like what is this place this hangout that they keep going to because it's like a teen only club but they they only show it at night is that where she meets angel yeah that's where she meets angel or maybe it's maybe, like maybe Josh Sweden wanted to write them in a bar but he was like oh shit i want to fuck the teens but i can't put them in the bar <laughs> That's definitely that's a good job reading a person. I like that. Yeah, it's just it's so like they only show it at night. They 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 all everybody's really dressed up to be in there. Like and everybody is hanging in there in California. But then like Buffy will order a like a Coke and a croissant, mm-hmm. and like the, and they'll go sit at a table and eat the croissant. And I'm like, what the fuck are you? Because it was like, oh well, the kids will have like a local place to hang out at. Um, 
and like a bakery, like a coffee shop. That's where kids in the 90s would hang out. But like, there's vampires, and it's an edgy 90s goth show. So they're not hanging out at a daytime bakery. They're hanging out at a nighttime goth bakery. <laughs> it's, it is redonkulous. And good. Mm-hmm. I'm actually having a good time watching it. Buffy gets a lot better too. I mean, I didn't finish it because I, I was had just got to season four because you didn't you didn't have a podcast about it. And that's the only I way didn't have a podcast about it. I won't do anything unless I have a podcast about that's it. The only way I can finish anymore is having a podcast about it. <laughs> I can't come unless I have a podcast about it. <laughs> Me and Autumn got to get our levels right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. We used to, I don't know, obviously just being immature boys driving around in people's cars and just trying to saying really gross shit like that. But the, uh, be like, I can't come unless, and then just say something really, really stupid and weird. And the one that took the cake and we, we stopped doing it after that was Dylan just like, I think we'd probably stopped for a couple minutes. It was like, we had talked about something else and then Dylan out of the blue just goes, I can't come unless I have my retainer. And that's just forever. Because <laughs> it's like, it's really weird, but it's not like... <laughs> that we I, I don't know it's something about it that is that is weird even like that, that was like 10 years ago and even now it still makes me laugh i will up my pledge if you fucking I know, make t-shirts i know i know i gotta make t-shirts i want make one can you make one t-shirt i can <laughs> so i can buy it yes i can i can i can do that chris i can do that for you can you just can you just give me the the like this transparent image so i can fucking make my own so you can do, do it want that on a t-shirt yeah, I can. I can do that. I'll just send you the pink. Send me pink. I want black. I want it to look like the logo. The pink. The oh. PNG, dumbass. Not the oh, pink. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I want to see that Skelly's feet. <laughs> you can't see the Skelly's feet. It's not allowed. It's illegal. <laughs> the hazardous feet. Do not. Please watch. Watch out for feet. Waypoint has that meme where she's like, "Oh, she a gamer, and she got feet or whatever." And I don't, I don't really get the meme. The meme, I think it has to do with a robot or something. But like, I'm not into that like level of internet culture that they are, so I don't really get it. But it it does, it does, it does make me laugh when Austin Walker says it on Twitter. So (laughs) let's just do a quick uh, Twitter search for that. All of these words, and she got feet. Watch out for feet. The new show from Duck Feet. The new show from Duck Feet. Uh, this is actually, I actually follow this dude. This is really funny. Uh, where are you at in my, this is actually a really good tweet. I just texted it to you so you could read it. <laughs> uh, roses are red. Sugar is sweet. Damn. She's a gamer and she got feet. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely good. Yeah. We could that probably do a supernatural good. podcast. I'm into that. Yeah. Hey, let's do it. No, <laughs> there was a show called Mari Mar, and I'll save it for some outtakes sometime. Remind me because it's a long story about Mari Mar. I am I am excited to hear about Mari Mar. Everybody, yeah. oh my mic just fell. That's not very good. That's not that's not stop falling. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like drifting down, so it's pointed at my crotch. Like that's not the part of me you need to be paying attention to. I can't come unless there's a microphone. I can't I can't finish unless there's a microphone. Sorry, I need to say crotch. finish because come is way more vulgar. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, we're a vulgar podcast. We are.